0: Again, into the soccer OG. Hey, that's me, Max Bretos, in case you are counting at home. This is episode 133. As always, a reminder to rate, review, download, subscribe, and tell a friend. That felt good. I haven't said that in a while. So do tell a friend. Appreciate all those who have been listening in as we continue to stretch our wings and try and give you the best soccer content on a podcast format. We know we have a long way to go short time to get there but we're getting there appreciate everyone for tuning in we have a very nice show very nice show we have a lot to talk about as it applies to U.S. soccer the coaching situation some news about Zinedine Zidane so Doug McIntyre of Fox Sports who was also there in Qatar during the World Cup will join us to give us some details and I'll just get his opinion about what direction they think they go make sure to check out the entire library of Soccer OG podcasts, where all podcasts are available. You can always get a good laugh, and I'm pretty sure you could learn something. So check it out. They don't call me the OG for nothing, even though I gave that name to myself. Check out uh, the Soccer OG on YouTube under my name, Max Bretos. Uh, A a wide collection of videos there, including the Berhalters and the Reinas. And we'll certainly have one here very soon about Zinedine Zidane. So we're looking forward to that as well. We have you covered. The soccer world doesn't sleep. I sleep a little bit, but I try to limit it. No more eight hours a night. Let's rock and roll. Let's get the show started. We are back. We start with uh, the latest of news, which applies to me. Uh, As someone uh, who has been working with LAFC and will continue to work, so we'll have some news on that front here very shortly. Gareth Bale retiring from international and club football. He says, my decision to retire has been by far the hardest of my career. How do I describe what being a part of this country and teams mean to me? How do I articulate the impact I had on my life? How do I put into the words the way I felt every single time I put on that Welsh shirt? My answer is that I couldn't possibly do any of those things justice simply with words, But I know that every person involved in Welsh football feels the magic and is impacted in such a powerful and unique way. My journey on the international stage is one that changed not only my life, but who I am. The fortune of being Welsh and being selected to play for captain in Wales has given me something incomparable to anything else I've experienced. I've shared, I'm paraphrasing here, I shared a dressing room with boys that became brothers and backroom staff that became family I played for the most incredible managers and felt the undying support and love from the most dedicated fans in the world. I can attest to him about the Welsh fans being uh, 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 someone who's been uh, close to Welsh fans through rugby. I've played rugby my whole life. I played in college. I played for the Santa Monica Rugby Club. I had Welsh coaches. I had Welsh teammates. They are amazing. It's a small country, so there is a a very parochial feel to that support and... um, you can't be Welsh and not be part of that. There's not a single person who doesn't feel part of that. It's a brotherhood forever. And I've always, you know, envied to be something part of bigger or smaller in that case because of the size of Wales. But they've done such great things. And what can you say about Gareth Bale? From the Welsh perspective, you know, Wales was never heard of. They made these two Euros. They made a Euro semifinal. They uh, made a World Cup for the first time in 60 years. And he was the talisman. That's an expression I don't use that much, but I figure it's appropriate here. And uh, no one in Wales will say a discouraging thing about Gareth Bale. I know some people elsewhere would. They'll say uh, career unfulfilled. They will say um, injuries may have taken a big chunk out of it. His love for golf Blurred his vision with regards to soccer, and all of that is outrageous because you just got to stop and look, especially in the big games. And we always we 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 celebrate the guys who do it for uh, long stretches, right? Uh, Cal Ripken in baseball, the Iron Man. We celebrate that. That's the greatest thing, and it should be celebrated. But how about winning? How about delivering the goods, as Judas Priest so beautifully saying. Gareth Bale, was it five Champions Leagues with Real Madrid, three La Ligas, four FIFA Club World Cups, three Super Cups, a Spanish Cup, three Spanish Super Cups. All the success he had for Wales. I mean, the semifinals of the Euros. I can't even believe that actually. I can't even believe I'm saying that it came out. But uh, the goal with LAFC, which has skyrocketed that club it without that goal and they don't win that MLS cup and I can tell you firsthand it's back to the drawing board um the criticism for LAFC even though it again it is way off base would be ah you can't win the big one even though it's been five years but they won the big one because of what he was able to accomplish and now you have uh LAFC with a rocket pack on their back I can assure you and it's because they have that trophy Gareth Bale did that now his, his season in, at LAFC was that was the high there was a couple nice moments but by and large he was not seen a lot struggled with injuries till then and I'm sure that was a big part of it and I think there was you know just injuries that wouldn't quite go away uh, I believe there was a back injury that just kept and that uh you know ate up most of the season but man did he deliver and I wonder how we we look at that. No, he is not Cal Ripken playing every game. But when you needed it, he came in and had these moments. And we we mentioned those those Real Madrid Champions Leagues, and he had incredible goals to help win those. It wasn't Cristiano Ronaldo. It was Gareth Bale goals on a couple occasions that helped him finish the job. Uh, I also want to say that while he was there, he was an absolute gentleman. And he was the uh, cliche first guy in, last guy out. He was the last guy out. I don't couldn't tell you if he was the first guy in, because I was never there that early. But I was there late, and I saw him. And uh, he was great with me. And I will cherish that time, because he's a rock star. And I hope he sticks around in Los Angeles for a little bit. And uh, LAFC will move forward and get better. And thanks in large part to what he was able to accomplish. So... From Gareth Bale, I know you don't listen to the Soccer OG podcast, but maybe one day. Thank you uh, for many people in Los Angeles, for many people in Madrid, for many people in London, for many people in, was it, in Southampton, for many people in Wales. Wales forever, we'll support you ever more. Great singers, the Welsh. Maybe the best singers. So uh, I'm glad I had a chance to, to talk a little bit about that as well. We are going to talk with Doug McIntyre of Fox Sports uh, in detail about the Zinedine Zidane um, report that the U.S. soccer approached him. So uh, we'll leave that conversation to that. I did want to say, you know, 2023, not off to a great start for U.S. soccer, right? You have the halters and the rainers, and that's how I'm going to call it for now, because it did involve two halters and two rainers, really, at the end of the day. The investigation goes on. I imagine it it, it, it it will be the end of Berhalter's reign with U.S. Soccer for both for all parties. I think it's good. Christian Pulisic, according to Chelsea, out for weeks. Uh, it's bad news. He's injured. He got injured a lot. The good news, he didn't get injured in the build up to the World Cup or during the World Cup. He did take that knock into the uh, into the swingers, which uh, well, it wasn't exactly well. You know what it is into the pelvic region, and he muscled through. So uh, in the big picture, it was good. The timing of the injury was good. Hopefully it's not too serious, but it was a legit injury. I mean, his leg couldn't go anywhere when it clashed up against the ball and to the leg of John Stones. So uh, that's not great news. Brendan Aronson is in really bad form. Um, worst form we've seen him in his career, I would say. Back-to-back-to-back uh, to back to back poor games. And really, just not really threatening in front of goal. So uh, we'll see what happens with him with Leeds over the next few weeks uh anthony hudson is in charge of u.s soccer and statistically he's the worst manager in mls history so that's nothing to do backflips but that's fine we need someone there for these january camps we'll see what the i'll talk to doug about the dateline coming up with regards to what u.s soccer might be able to do in stoppage time i'm going to give you a, a, a list of american players to look so to look for so with gio reyna and christian pulisic And Brendan Aronson, off the boil, there are new players that are looking to thrust up and take our time on ESPN Plus or what have you, where we can watch these guys play. Uh, There's an endless list. So I'm going to give you a, a little cheat sheet, so to speak, so you can look for these players and see the next great American player, by the way. I also saw there was a lot of criticism for ESPN Plus. There was a lot of criticism for ESPN Plus. Are you guys crazy? That thing's amazing. Everyone's going, Mom, my feed went out in the FA Cup. I was there Saturday morning. I watched, I flipped through three FA Cup games. I watched a bit of Wrexham. I watched the West Ham game and Brentford. Then I uh, flicked through two Dutch era divisi games. I saw Georgie Mihalovic with Alkmaar. A uh, Sunday, I watched Taylor Booth and Utrecht. Then I watched some La Liga. Then I watched Florida State basketball. Then I flipped and I watched Mid American Conference basketball. I don't know why. Then I watched some cricket. ESPN Plus is incredible so before you complain about it i mean there's a lot of things that complain about espn um espn plus is not one of them it is sports streaming at the very best so enjoy it i want so much more to talk about but uh i want to leave time for the guest and stoppage time so we'll take a break here this is the Soccer OG podcast rate review download subscribe tell a friend we'll be back with doug mcintyre of fox Sports. Back here on the soccer OG, and thrilled to welcome back Doug McIntyre of Fox Sports, who put in a heck of a shift for all of us in Qatar, and he's he's back. And I was talking to him off air because right about now, after a World Cup, traditionally Doug, after a World Cup, you should be in Hawaii with your legs up, drinking a mai tai, but instead, it's one story after another for U.S. soccer and MLS and. Our American players are all back playing in Europe. Uh, This—it's not the way it's supposed to go, but I guess at the end of the day, it's exciting for us uh, journalist types.
1: It is, and I, you know, I did get a few. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me back on, Max. Great to see you. Great Grilled to have th- you, man. Talking about uh, the sport that we love. Um, certainly, lots to talk about. Yeah, no, you're right. Like normally, there's a break after a World Cup. Um, I got—I got a few days. I, I got to say, it wasn't all. It was nice that, you know, the week before I got back on the 19th, so less than a week before Christmas, great to to unwind, be with the family um, and all that. But then, yeah, I mean, things things kind of popped off. You had, um, you know, Pelé, unfortunately, died between yep. Christmas and the New Year. Um, so that was a story. And then, yeah, last week, uh, all hell broke loose on the U.S. soccer front with this, uh, with this you know, Berhalter-Arena story, which, you know, has just taken on a life of its own. And it's, you know, I know we're going to talk about it. In a minute here, but um, like I said to you off air, like in a funny way, it was great just to like if you have to jump back into work, there's no better way to do it. I mean, it was just uh, just kind of World Cup mode again, and um, you know, lots lots to do, and, and and in a strange, weird way, the perfect way to to get back into well, things.
0: Let's let me start off with the the, the Greg Berhalter and uh, the Reina situation because it's gotten quiet, which I think is good news, and I imagine what's going on now is the investigation. Uh, process from U.S. soccer and they'll they'll share their findings whenever they complete this this process. Um, Your thoughts really quickly about uh, how we've gotten here. And I mean, this was a story that I mean, I was turning on. It was being picked up all over the world. You know, for it's obviously a story that it hits a newsroom and people go, we've got to cover this, whether you're American or not. It was very interesting and unprecedented in, in many ways. Uh, just the process of it and covering it. How, how, how has it been for you?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, like I said, it's, it's, because it's such a big story, it required, you know, full attention and, and, you know, just to to be on and to be calling every source you have and, um, you know, trying, trying to find out what, what story was here. So, you know, there's a new story every day. The first one was last, I think it was, was it Tuesday? Um, So less than a week ago where, you know, Beralter comes out makes his statement reveals, um, you know, an incident of, of domestic violence in his past, which was shocking in its own right. But then it's it's tied to this, you know, what a lot of people are calling blackmail where this this piece of information was being held against him. Um, and then the next day we find out it's it's by the Reynas who I mean, that would be crazy in its own given, uh, you know, Claudio Reynas stature is one of the greatest players of all time. Gio Reina, his stature is one of the top young players, not just in the U.S. player pool, but in the entire world. Um, and his mother, a former national team player, and then the fact that, like the the Berhalter family and uh, the Reina family, have been close friends for decades. And I think that's the part that really captured captured it,
0: everyone's Doug incredible ties at bind. It's not. It's like people say, "Oh, they're close friends," and you roll your eyes. They weren't. And you look at everything: teammates in high school, yeah. Claudio's dad, coach Greg. I mean, the wives, teammates, Roommates. for four years at North Carolina. Yeah. I mean, it is yeah. incredible intimacy between the families.
1: It is. It is. And it's look, we're, we're kind of, you know, we're, we're kind of laughing about it here. It's a sad story, Max. Like it, it really is that that's a, you know, that's a friendship that, you know, it takes time to build and, you know, there's no friends like old friends. You can't meet new old friends, you know? So, um, you know, I, I still hope, I mean, it sounds like based on everything we we've, we've seen that, you know, that relationships are irreparable. I hope that's not the case. Like I hope at some point down the line, uh you know they can sit down and say you know this was you know this was ridiculous and it shouldn't have happened and you know let's let's find a way to to move forward but yeah certainly for us I mean just so much to talk about
0: and I hope so too and and I hold out that they will because I think it's um they all want this to to run its course and get back to normal and they all you know obviously want to reconnect with their their families and their jobs, etc. And um, I hope it will because we know Greg and we know Claudio, we know they're good peeps. This is just a, a situation that it got away, and uh, and here we are. So uh the, the this investigation will continue. And Greg is still we heard also last week being considered for uh to remain with the US team. Uh we don't know what it's gonna look like, but there was a, a report from Le Keep this week uh, about an approach for Zinedine Zidane, and it sounded pretty promising me obviously uh, as we're all fanboys i'll go yeah zinedine zidane uh, this is one of the five biggest stars ever and he has coaching pedigree and and i think also w- it's not going to happen and he said he will only coach france and france's uh re-signed didier Deschamps. but uh uh it's it would be a great hire because you know i think when the world cup rolls around you have a lot of. Uh, uh, responsibilities for a manager other than getting their team ready. There's going to be PR up the yin yang because we're hosting it and he's, you're going to put a lot on his shoulders and a guy like Zinedine Zidane would be amazing. So anyway, that's not going to happen, but maybe someone like it. Uh, what are you hearing about what, how that occurred with Zinedine Zidane? And is this a, is this a the sign that us soccer might be casting a wider net? We know they had like some, some things in place about the kind of manager they're looking for, but maybe a, an approach to Zinedine Zidane suggests that maybe they're they if they do go a different direction, that it would be for someone comparable. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, look, I, I agree. I mean, when you when you hear a name like that, you get excited, and I I would love. I would love nothing more than to cover Zinedine Zidane as the U.S. coach for the next three and a half years. I mean, how cool would that be? (laughs) Uh, In a funny way, like not you know, a little bit like like the Klinsman hire, you know, ten you know over ten years ago now, where you have a legend of the sport globally, um, and you know, getting to getting to know someone like that and cover them in a personal way would just be uh, would just be incredible. So, um, yeah, it sounds like it's not happening. it's it's pretty interesting actually, Max, because you know U.S. Soccer held a press conference um, last week. It was three days before the Zidane report came out, um, and Ernie Stewart, the the sporting director for U.S. Soccer, said that you know they're very much still in the in the process of deciding what they're going to do. They're still reviewing the the World Cup performance. So, you know, I think first of all, some people saw the lekip report. And I don't know if it was uh, you know lost in translation or, or whatever, but. I don't, this is not something where an offer was made and rejected first and foremost. This, if, if anything, this is, you know, intermediaries, you know, kicking the tires, just seeing, trying to gauge the interest, um, if anything. And, and it seemed pretty clear that, you know, Zidane wasn't, wasn't interested in the job. But yeah, to answer your question, yes, I do think U.S. soccer is casting a wide net. I do think they're casting a wider net than they did um, they did four years ago when Greg got the U.S. Best job. As Stuart said, Berhalter still in in consideration for the job. I think that's true, and I don't think that you know. I've seen a lot of a lot of folks come out and say, you know, after what we heard last week, after you know this this reign of Berhalter thing blew up, that you know, well, Greg's gone. He's not going to be coming back. I would not be so sure about that. I, I think it's. I think the chances are less than they were a week and a half ago, or two weeks ago, or a month ago. Um, but I I still think it's a coin flip at this time. I think that there's. Wow. Yeah, I, I really do. Like I I think that there is a feeling within US soccer that, you know, first of all, we had reports um that I mean, I reported during the World Cup that they'd had preliminary conversations US Soccer and Greg Baralter had about returning. Um, a few days later, ESPN reported that those conversations were set to take place. So um, and even reading between the lines, I mean, Ernie Stewart and his call last week talked a lot about continuity and how important that is. And I think all things considered, and I think of this as just a soccer decision. The feeling I get is that Ernie Stewart wants Greg Berhalter back. Now, how much that's changed, Um, and, and it's not his decision alone. There's a board that has to sign off on that. So it's not like he can just wave a wand and and, and re-up uh, Berhalter for another three and a half years. Um, But I also think, I mean, if you think about it, like, w- what's really changed? Like, if, if the soccer part was satisfactory, and, and Stewart said it was, um, you know, d- does the fact that, that Berhalter come out and admitted this incident that happened in 1991, which was resolved in his family, which was brought into the public sphere against the wishes of, of Rosaline Berhalter, Greg's wife, who was the victim in this situation. So, you know, do you, does that, you know, is that going to disqualify Greg Berhalter as, as as candidate? I mean, some people might think it should. Um, I don't think that that's what Ernie Stewart's thinking. And I think that like, you know, if, you don't want to reward bad behavior either. And the fact, the way this became public If that's what Aus, you know, Verhalter, and then essentially gives the reign as what they wanted. I think that that's a that's not something that U.S. Soccer wants to see happen. But I I, again, I I do think there will be a search, and you know, there will be uh, there'll be other names that are that are
0: closely looked at here as well. And I applaud it. Greg Berhalter, got ahead of it, and look, his relationship with Rosalind uh, since, since then has they have worked it out, and you know, that's a private matter, and unfortunately, it's got aired out here, and that's the unfortunate. Situation with all of it, so I think you make a really valid point. If you look at, I mean, I was satisfied with what the U.S. did. I saw a, a nice foundation set. Not everyone agrees with me, but I'm I, I'm like, what else did you want I me? He, they lost to a much better team in the round of sixteen. Uh, even in that situation, they fought till the end and um, they gave a really brave effort. I think the 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 young players from the first World Cup qualifier to the last World Cup game. The development across the board was really good. Obviously, as a manager, you, uh, you're you going to ruffle some feathers. Not everyone's going to be happy. And there was a long list of that. And obviously, Gio Reyna's at the top of that list. We saw some other players. I think there was Matt Miazga made some quotes. And he was, and John Brooks, We there was, you know, uh, I mean, he didn't say anything. But there was moments where there there, there was something that happened there. But you can't keep everyone happy. You know, this is <laughs> so uh, I, I think Greg has been vindicated on a lot of the situations and it's a tough job. I just want people to go, you know, it's, it's a tough job. You got 26 guys, you got 11 to 14, 15 that will play regularly and people are going to be unhappy. And that's not just a, an exclusive U S thing. That's oh, all, that's all 32 teams are dealing with that.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And look, you look at some of the other names, right? Like, you know, that that to me is the big question, Max. So if you don't want to bring back Greg Berhalter, that's fine. If you want to say, you know, one cycle's enough, that's fine. It was interesting to hear Cindy Cohn, the U.S. Soccer president, saying, you know, she was asked that on the call, and it was like, well, that's a little bit oversimplistic, maybe. I mean, we you mentioned Didier Deschamps in the opening, right?
0: He said his like, third cycle.
1: Oh, third cycle, right? So it right? And and obviously very successful. So I don't think that you you know you necessarily just get rid of someone. Because they've already done a cycle. And like you said, I mean they got out of the they got out of the group, they got to the round of 16 and they lost to a better team. And I don't think Pep Guardiola changes that. I don't think they win that game. I don't think I don't think they lost that game because of tactics. This was which is what I see a lot on on Twitter. You can argue <laughs> with individual decisions, right? Like, you know, starting Hayes for in that game, I don't think made sense. Um, I could understand what was was trying to do, but it didn't work. Uh and you know, maybe unfair to put that player in that situation never
0: played. Yeah.
1: So it's not like, it's not like you're aware of mistakes made along the way and you can't Monday, Monday, Monday morning quarterback and second guess. That's what we do, right? That's what fans and media does. And that's, and that's fine. But what do you, so if you want to move on, what do you, who do you, first of all, who can you get? Right. That's the biggest question, right? Cause you're not getting Pep Guardiola and you're not getting Jurgen Klopp and you're not getting, you know, Louis Vanho- the best managers
0: aren't doing national team. Yes. I, I, I lot of people are new to the sport. I try to remind them, you're not getting these guys because they don't want these jobs because they do, but the club game, the club jobs are considerably better.
1: 100%, right? So that that's the first thing. So you look at, all right, well, who might be available? So, you know, Roberto Martinez is a very interesting name. He's a guy that, you know, he he's very polished, like some of the off-field requirements for U.S. coach, like you mentioned in the run-up to a World Cup, you'll be able to get in front of a camera and talk and sell his, his, his program and all that stuff. Um, You know, but he's a guy that that probably underachieved with Belgium didn't get them out of the first round. So you're going to, you're going to get rid of a coach that got the U S team to the second round and bring in a guy who didn't get out of the first round or Tata Martino, right? Similar thing. A lot of folks wanted him instead of Greg. That didn't go well with Mexico. Like who do you, who do you get? Like, who do you go and Who's realistic? Who do you get? Who can you afford? There's a money part of this. Like there's a lot of, Partially and it.
0: power, I would imagine. If you want Zinedine Zidane, I would think you have to go. Okay, he's going to say, this is hypothetical. He's going to say, well, I want this control and this control. He's not going to say, okay, you guys can control. Uh, he's not. No, if you're like Marcelo Bielsa, or these names, they're going to come in a little hot. I would imagine. Yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely, right. So, so there's, there's, and then there's fit. Like if you talk about, it has to be the right fit, not just the right, like the right coach or the best coach. It's the best fit. And that's a huge, you know, that's a huge part of it. So, um, yeah, these are, I mean, look, this is why, you know, Ernie Stewart gets paid the big bucks to make these sort you know, to make this sort of decision. And it is, it's very interesting because I, you know, I I, I don't know, like if you move on for Greg, like it's not that easy to make, wave a wand and, you know, get someone who'd be a better fit for this group.
0: Timing-wise is interesting too, because I know some people go, make, fill the position, fill. And I'm like, they got Anthony Hudson. They had these games in January. And I'm like, everyone, um, pump the brakes a bit because we have a unique circumstance and you might have better options in the summer. I saw Tom Bogert mentioned that Jim Curtin would be out of contract and he'd be interested. I would love Jim Curtin. I would love an American there because I know that's the easier route, especially when you host a World Cup because of all those obligations we said. But if you get a great international coach, um, you go get him. But it's, I think, historically... May I have to look at the numbers, but when you get a, a national team manager from that country, and we Didier Deschamps will keep using as an example, Fernando Santos recently retired is a good example. Um, international coaches have done okay for the US, they haven't done great for Mexico. I look at them and, and see what they have. So sometimes going domestic is a good route. So I mean, maybe that allows a guy like that to come in, but I I'm okay if we still haven't filled that position. If it's Greg Berhalter, then obviously you fill that up soon. But I'm okay if they don't fill that in a couple months. I mean, even if they they get like a verbal agreement with someone, I don't want to, I, I look at the candidates and it's, a, it's five or six really good international names, which I would probably be happy for all of them. But, I, and I know people are antsy and they want to already start the build up for 2026. And it's only three and a half years. And by the summer, it's three years. But uh, timing wise, I think, it's it'll be an interesting way to. I, I'm okay if they if they take some time, not too much time. Is that's is that you think possibly in the books?
1: Yeah, it's interesting. So like, what I always think about, like, what are they going to do, right? Like that's what I think as a reporter. Like I have my opinions on stuff, right? It's not. It doesn't matter how I feel about how Greg Berhalter did at the World Cup. It matters how Ernie Stewart. Feels,
0: right. right. We can sit here and talk about like what we thought. It doesn't matter.
1: Exactly. What is U.S. Soccer thinking? I think from what I've heard, they want to hire a coach sooner than later. There's competitive matches for the U.S. in March, right? The end of March. There's Nations League games, two Nations League games. Then you have Nations League final, semifinals, finals in June, followed by the Gold Cup, right? These are all competitive games for the U.S. So I, my, my sense is what I've been told is they would like to fill the coaching role by March. But you're right, like that. Now you're you're eliminating all European club candidates who may, you know, become available when the European club season ends in May um you know one guy who's intriguing obviously from u.s point of view um and i'll I'll take a step back first of all you mentioned this shot right max how many how many uh international managers have ever won the world cup managers that weren't from the country that won the world cup
0: i bet you it's got it's got to be a i'm gonna say i think there's a trick question but is it let's see i'm going back in time none one zero zero yeah you're it's
1: right yeah,
0: there's something to be said about that, man. There's a comfort not,
1: level there. There is. But listen, I'll also say I had a lot of very interesting phone conversations last week. It was great to catch up with a, a number of people after the World Cup. You know, it um, you know, seemed like we all, we, we all connected. Someone else said to me, if there was ever a reason to hire a foreign coach, this is it. Basically, <laughs> to get to get the familiarity out. Yeah. Exactly. Like maybe you need to bring in someone from the outside. So look, I can look at it. I can look at it both ways. I do think they want to, I do think they want to move sooner than later, which I think would mean an American candidate probably has a better chance. Jim Curtin, I think is the best coach in MLS. He's, he's a terrific coach. His players love him. They would walk through fire for him. You know, I don't know that he satisfies um, you know, the, the element of the fan base. And it's a legitimate, you know, I think it's a legitimate concern to say Jim Curtin has zero international experience at any level. Not as a player, not as a coach. That's a mark against him, um, you know. And then again, who else? Who else do you look at? Steve Turundello right? Just one one MLS Cup. Doesn't have a ton of experience, um, but you know, did spend most of his career in Europe. He was the captain of a captain of a of a German Bundesliga team. Began his career as an assistant at that level. Um, but the one name I, I want to come back to is Jesse Marsh. I mean, that's a, that's an obvious name. If he were to become available, right? If he gets sacked by Leeds, or you know, they, they let go at the end of the season, that's the one guy I think that. You know, he kind of checks both boxes. He does have that experience in the Champions League and the Premier League, coaching in Europe, and he does know the U.S. player pool inside out, and we know he wants the job, he said as much. Um, So that's the one guy I think that you really want to make sure that you, you can't get before you name someone else, uh, if you want to name someone else.
0: I'll wrap it up with this, because people were saying what's happened the last week has tainted this job. And I will tell anyone, maybe a bit, but at the end of the day, to take over this program, as long as you get what you want and the money is competitive, if you get this program ahead of the biggest stretch, which I think in U.S. soccer history, where we host the world, I mean, that is a desirable position any way you paint it. And this will subside. So I, I can't imagine guys that go, no. I go, well, we're hosting the World Cup. We're going to have this. There's going to I can't imagine people just walking away. And That's why I think Jesse Marsh is interesting because you would say, oh – Let's say he finishes thirteenth, twelfth with leads, and he gets back there, and they, and they say, "All right, we're going to extend you." And he's like, "Do I want to pass up this twenty twenty six? That's an opportunity of a lifetime, as if you're an American." So, I, it's still a desirable, despite maybe when I think it's still going to be, it has to be a very desirable position.
1: It does, and it, again, it depends who we're talking about here. If we're talking about Louis Van Gaal, if we're talking about Zinedine Zidane, you know, I don't know if it's desirable enough. Um, but yes, it's a more it's a it's a desirable job to begin with on the global stage, and even more so now that uh, that, that that the World Cup is coming here and all that that's gonna mean and, and the profile of it and and also an exciting project. Max, like th- you know, this is a team that has potential, and yes, and, and they took a they took a good step forward. I know that everyone wanted the U.S. to go a bit bit farther, and and that didn't happen, but. There, there's something to build on here and they'll be better in, in three and a half years playing at home. You know, all these guys, the key players on that team, Christian Pulisic, Weston McKenney Tyler Adams, they'll all be in their prime, you know, guys that are younger than that. The Unis Musas and Gio Reyna, who I think will be back. I mean, this idea that he's yeah. never going to play for the national team again, which I've seen some people say is ridiculous, right? Like, you know, he's a, he's a really good player. You need really good players and they'll find a way to bring him back in in the right way um and Gio Reyna wants to play for his country I mean I think that that's that's what it came down to as well he wanted a bigger role at the World Cup didn't get it but he'll certainly get one in 26 if uh you know if, if this all gets um the temperature on the, all this gets turned down which he, you know it, it will have to I think at some point back so uh yeah it's exciting times and yeah never a dull moment but um it almost feels like uh U.S. is a proper soccer country doesn't it
0: <laughs> that's why no more vacations for you Doug you gotta stay ready because news will break in the drop. News is gonna break as soon as we get off this interview. I guarantee. Probably
1: you. Something already being on here with we, you. We
0: probably it. have a new coach and we don't even know it yet. But you would be the first to know it, oh, just my bad timing. But I that long list of players, and who knows who comes down the pike here in the next three years. And we're already seeing I mean, was like, so many young Americans and older Americans making impressions, and they all wanna be part of this. So it is. It's such a far cry from that day in 2017 where everything looks so bleak. Uh, it's uh, it's very exciting. I, one thing that was also very exciting. I'd love to get your thoughts is being in Qatar and covering the World Cup, and obviously being close to the U.S. But I, I'd love to get your thoughts about what maybe what stood out about being there. I mean, we we there was some perceptions we had, and maybe some were true, some were misperceptions, or but just covering the World Cup, what stood out for you on your day-to-day? And what was a memory maybe that uh, you will certainly take with you from uh, that experience?
1: Oh, man. So so many. Too many to list here, Max. It was an amazing experience. I mean, just from – first and foremost, from a soccer point of view, the soccer was fantastic. It's arguably the best – the highest level of play we've ever seen in a World Cup. I think that was in part due to the timing of it. The, these guys are – you know, not coming off a long European season where they're banged up. They're right in the, the thick of things. They've been playing at club level for a few months. There they were, you know, the, the performances were great. The games were get, were great. You know, you've you've been in World Cups, Max. You know, normally you're traveling on, around a massive continent, um, you know, or even a, even a country. Like even the last World Cup I was at was 2019 in France. You know, you're on a train, you're going city to city. To have everything in one spot, in one city, essentially, in Doha, uh, was amazing. I mean, you're, you're going to, you know, you see Messi play one night, Neymar play the next night, Mbappe play the next. I mean, that's not normal. Normally you, you have to kind of pick and choose and be a bit more selective. Um, yeah. And the, le- the level was just out of this world. I mean, to see that, you know, as much as we love watching the matches on, on television and, uh, you know, that's the way we we consume most matches to be in the stadium and to see, you know, the speed Mbappe has, or, or, you know, how ruthlessly mistakes are punished at that level. I mean, and then the one, the the one memory I would take away was just being in, in the stadium at that final um, and watching that live was just absolutely surreal because
0: you can carry that forever. with you for forever, my friend, forever,
1: forever. I mean, to see that right in front of you, I mean, it just, uh, and and the storybook ending, you know, we, we root for stories in this business. We don't root for teams. You know, it's just, you, you want, you want the great storylines and, what a great storyline Messi gave us and the French team I mean they they deserve to win too what a performance by Mbappe I mean the whole the whole package so it was an amazing world cup and it was and in a funny way it was actually easier than other world cups because you're not on planes all the time everything was was there in one spot um and uh and yeah I mean there's nothing like a world cup it it felt it didn't feel like it was in no, November and December on the ground there because the weather's hot so it's like any other summer you know world cup in the summer for the most part um, you know, the, I was reminded, the only time I was reminded it, it was like the holiday season is cause I, I would get the Fox broadcast that I would watch and like the commercials. It's like, Oh yeah, it is Christmas. Yeah. Weeks, right. <laughs> so like you're completely isolated from all that and just focusing on, on the tournament and, um, yeah, what, what a world cup it was. And, um, yeah, there's, it's just such an immense privilege to cover any world cup. I can't wait for the women's world cup coming up, uh, in, in the summer on the Fox family networks, of course. And then the big one uh in twenty twenty six, which like you said, now is just just over three years away, man. So it's uh I'm already looking forward to that. Dude,
0: they're gonna send you to the Euros too, probably. Look at you, man, stamping that passport. Australia, New Zealand, Germany, so. Mexico. <laughs>
1: we take it day by day in this business as you know max um but uh, yeah. <laughs> i'm putting it out there Doug. I'm, 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 listen i'm i'm really fortunate and uh, i love what i do and it's uh you know i've said it before it's the best the best job in the world if you love this sport it's just it's a it's a privilege and uh yeah so much to talk about it's it's fun to see the growth of this sport in the us that we both have uh, been part of for for decades now max not to age age ourselves here but uh it's fun to see right it's but when a story like like the rated burles or thing blows up globally it's like man like i was joking before but like yes this sport is is matters now it matters it now so.
0: and, and, and look i mean we can pat ourselves on the back because we've been there in some of the, the the rough years covering it and uh we have a responsibility and we all want to make this we want to get new fans we want people excited for the sport because we know how excited we get for it so um We will continue to do it. I will. uh, A couple of things that you said about covering that World Cup. uh, First of all, you said it was like not in November. So we won't have a Quebec November World Cup, I'm pretty sure. So we can rule that one out. So uh, but, you know, we're going to have 2026 is three hosts. Most of the games in the U.S. 2030 is shaping up. We'll find that out, I think, in 2024. Uh, It'll be a multiple host as well. I wonder if that's a trend that will continue. I'm pretty sure it will, but I wonder if we'll see what we saw in Qatar where you have a city and, you know, you start cataloging places that could do it. Obviously London, uh, Los Angeles, or maybe do a California world cup or uh, a place with a city, maybe the resign where you have enough stadiums, because I imagine FIFA and so many people are like, this was pretty cool. And you know, who has the biggest pool is the players. You know, we like this. I don't want to go to the airport three times. I want to go to the game and go back. So I wonder if that's potential. I don't know. I mean, it doesn't seem like it's anytime soon, but I would. You're the latest person who brought that up. And the quality of play certainly resonated that not having. And we all travel. It stinks. You get up early, get through get, <laughs> all that. It's a, it's a nightmare. So maybe, I don't know. Maybe we continue to see the reformat of this World Cup moving forward for the better.
1: Yeah. I, I, I would love to see it. And like you said, I mean, we actually had a, a lot of conversations with journalists us like the, what, what's the city that could pull this off and London came up again and again. And um, that'd be amazing. Yeah, yeah, it would be amazing. And even a world cup in the UK in general, like, like, you know, it's a small country you can get around, like you're on a train, you're in your own, own back in your own bed, the same night, in a lot of cases, it would be great. But I, I think just, you know, moving to the 48 teams, it certainly sounds likely that it's going to continue to be held in multiple countries. So, um, yeah, I, I think this was a, a unique event in so many ways: time of year, location, all all that stuff. Uh, I don't know if we'll see another one again, but I've also learned to you know to never assume anything is permanent in, in this business either. So maybe the World Cup goes to a, like an Olympic format where it's in a city as opposed to in a country in the future. Who knows, Max?
0: I uh, I always uh, debated with the late Grant Wall, and obviously that was another story about this World Cup. I always debate. I go, Grant, I guarantee you some point they're going to have a world cup every 2 years he said nope no chance and i would have to look up to him and i would say i told you i told you cuz i think uh listening to uh johnny infantino and the powers that be this club world cup expansion which if no one's pushing back he's going to keep fifa wants a bigger piece of the pie so uh even though it sounds a little bit uh it, it, I, they may not be able to pull it off somehow some way that something tells me and then maybe 5 10 years that happens
1: yeah, 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 absolutely. I think there's. I think we're gonna continue to see the envelope pushed. Uh, <laughs> that
0: right, like European. They Super did League. it a lot of guitar.
1: Yeah, yeah. So we'll 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 continue to see that. And yeah, it's just it's more stuff for us to cover, more stuff for us to talk about. And um, you know, yeah, it's the it's the world's most popular game, and and it's, it's that for a reason. And the the intrigue, the off-field stuff, in a lot of cases, is just as dramatic and fascinating as what we see on the field
0: oh man what a great sport to cover uh great to hear fox will be involved with uh, mls coming up so i imagine we'll see in and around we had some news about gareth bale i talked about it earlier retiring and uh it's uh, a very interesting chapter because he you know i said he put a rocket pack on lafc with that goal because they won it but uh, uh i'm heading up to mls media days later today this is a, a Monday, and I was looking at some of the people that are there. It's an amazing list, and we have a new team. Uh, this league is – we have some CONCACAF Champions League. We have Seattle in the Club World Cup. U.S. Soccer, man, we just talked about the national team. You know, MLS, which has been a bit of a punching bag for soccer fans. Go, I don't watch that. It's going to be hard for them to resist, man, because this is, I feel it's getting huge, and it's about to explode even more so here uh, in the next few years.
1: Yeah, I, I, that's the hope that we've all had, and yeah, it's 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 surreal for me when I walk into some of these stadiums, uh, when I look at you know twenty nine teams now with St. Louis come in this year. I mean, when I again to date myself here, but I started covering this league. There was ten teams in this league when I started covering, them. so it's tripled in size. Uh, you see stars like like Gareth. Bale. Like it was very interesting to be at that U.S. Wills game, you know, the opening match for both teams and. You know, Gareth Bale scores that penalty. It's it's two weeks after his heroics for LAFC. You have Kellen Acosta, his teammate with UCLA, chopping him down at the end, uh, when it looks like he might have a you know a 50-yard chip on the table um to potentially win that match for huge for play.
0: Yeah, or or even you know, because Bale hits that. Bale hits yeah. that that goes yeah. in the back of the net. I, I mean, I would, he is a mechanic.
1: Absolutely. Um, you know, watching uh, Portugal and Switzerland play in a knockout match of the world cup. Shaqiri's on the field for Switzerland. Like, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's, you're right. MLS has been a punching bag for a long time and there's still going to be a subset of fans that, you know, they're only going to watch European soccer. They're only going to watch world cup. So they're only going to watch yep. whatever. And that's fine. But you know, the league is growing and, um, and it's exciting. And, and there's uh, it's becoming more relevant every, every year. And one day I think I hope we'll wake up and, and uh, I mean, interesting stat of it, it was uh, players from MLS made up the six most of any league in the world, the top, the top, you know, it was the top five in Europe, right. And then MLS. So certainly on the right track and uh, no signs of slowing down either.
0: People want to d- uh, discredit that, but you can't, if they have that many players there, that's a great sign. And I saw, you know, LFC. we had the cup had three uh, LAFC players on the Ecuador team, which unfortunately couldn't make to the round of 16, but uh, it, I've never seen anything like that. It was fantastic. Uh, so, uh, Doug McIntyre, Fox sports. We're not gonna, we're not gonna have nothing to talk about. So we'll do this again soon. I imagine something's about to pop. It always does. Happy new year to you, my friend and, uh, keep doing all the great work that you do.
1: Uh, thanks Max and Max. Happy new year to you and, uh, great to talk to you. And yeah, I'm, I'm sure that next time we chat, we'll have all sorts of new drama <laughs> to discuss. So pl- pleasure is mine, my man. Great to see uh, you. Wishing you all the best this year.
0: The great Doug McIntyre stepping out of the business end here on the Soccer OG. We'll be back with Stoppage Time to talk about some American players you may want to keep an eye on here in 2023. Time now for stoppage time and one thing I forgot to mention with Doug, and we were he was addressing the World Cup final, which he attended, and uh how it amused me. The fine line between winning and losing. So France lose the World Cup narrowly in penalty. I mean, as narrowly as you could. I mean, that incredible save by Emi Martinez. Otherwise, it's a completely different outcome, right? France lose that. And five days later, six days later, Raphael Varane is playing for Manchester United was it was seven days. It was, a, it was a very, I mean, it was flight, flight, train, get back in there. Kylian Mbappe wasn't as quick, but then he played two games back-to-back for PSG. And I think he played two, and then a few days passed before Lionel Messi arrives with a guard of honor, with all the celebration, with the smell of... Mate and booze on him. I don't know if he drank or anything. But, you know, the party atmosphere. And probably a couple days off to recharge. Easing back in. We still haven't seen Lionel Messi play. So, um he came back in. Meanwhile, <laughs> the French players... I mean, it is business as usual Um for them. I mean, Varane was crazy. I think he was the quickest to return to... uh to action for um, Manchester United, uh, of the French players. Uh, PSG played a cup game. Yes, so Lionel Messi has not played. The soonest we'll probably see him play will be uh, Wednesday. They have a midweek game, so we're all looking forward to that. But ease on back to the victor the spoils. And uh, for France, it was close but no cigar. Get back to work. (laughs) <laughs> All right. As I pointed at the beginning of the program, uh, these, are, these are dire times for U.S. soccer. The coach, the scandal, that's too strong of a word. I, I hope it is. I mean, you can call it whatever you want. Uh, semantics. And what happens with Gio Reyna? The Bundesliga is still in their winter break, so the Bundesliga was a good league to play for if you were involved in the World Cup. You can get back into nice gradual by the way i really enjoyed as i always do the holiday fixtures for the premier league and uh now they had the fa cup so uh, it's a lot of work for the players but all the games well attended some memorable matchups we saw you know brentford and newcastle and a lot of these clubs reaffirm their uh their intentions so uh I, for one, thought I'd be overwhelmed with the sport, but I eased right back into it and enjoyed it thoroughly with regards to watching uh, the the holiday fixtures, as I always do. So well done. And the, the production, fantastic. So many meaningful games. So you had that. The English Championship was back, too. Uh, and then uh, getting back to the U.S. soccer. So we have Gio Reyna. We have to wait and see. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. He's he just uh, an unfortunate episode. Christian Pulisic, as we said, out for weeks, quote-unquote. Brendan Aronson struggling for leads. I think when he had that horrible back pass, I forgot the opponent, when he came out, he had this big embrace from Jesse Marsh, but it was very telling, like uh, an embrace from Jesse. Go, hey, man, I know you're in a bad spot, but just keep working. We'll get there. So uh, there's that. But there is so much optimism elsewhere. So I'm going to give you a, a list of some players that I'll be keeping an eye on, and many of you are aware of. Because what we all do is we turn on our streaming services and we watch these guys play, but they give us a lot to cheer about. And quite frankly, the the search for certain positions is going to really uh, pick up. So I'm not going to tell you to look at Tyler Adams, we know what we got, or Anthony Robinson. It's some guys that might be able to add to that. And start watching them now because they uh, will certainly... Uh, Figure into this big picture for the national team, if not, give us a lot of good memories and maybe play in the top league. So here we go. We need a number nine, right? Uh, Daryl DK for West Brom. Uh, last we saw, he was, he had a couple goals for, uh, and West Brom was involved in FA Cup action over the weekend. They uh, they're going to go to a replay. They tied Chesterfield three three, and Daryl DK came on as a sub. Which is good. It means you're saving him for the league, and they will be back in uh, in action here very shortly uh, after the third round. Re- well, they'll have the third round re- cut, replay. They'll play Luton Town and Ethan Horvath on Saturday, the fourteenth of January. So uh, West Brom, uh, under new management, have really picked up the pace. They're now in ninth place. They are a point out of the playoff positions. A top two in England are kind of out of reach. Uh, in the championship, Burnley has got 56 points, Sheffield United 51, then Blackburn's 42, Watford, Middlesbrough, Zach Steffen in fifth, we need to get one American back here, and I think DK would be the best candidate, because he could show us what he has in the best league in the world, so I'm pulling for West Brom, but you have Middlesbrough, Luton Town is in seventh, so Ethan Horvath could sneak in there, we might get none, we won't, hopefully we get one, Norwich City's still in the mix as well, and Josh Sargent. But Daryl DK's is healthy, he is strong, he's athletic, he's smart, and he is just a, a lovable guy. And he could be that guy. I think he has all the tools to be the number one striker. Uh, because we want this competition to heat up, and certainly Daryl D. K. could be at the top of that. By the way, he uh, we mentioned he tied 3-3 with Chesterfield. I always amuse, I get amused with some of the lower division teams in England. Uh, Stevenage beat Aston Villa. Stevenage! I remember back in the day they pulled off uh, a, a cup run. So good to see them. You know, Wickham Wanderers. Uh, Dagenham and Redbridge with the shocker in the third round. My all time favorite, Vauxhall Motors. So the FA Cup. It's a good. Look, what makes the FA Cup so special is that these fans pack these stadiums, they pack them for a, a cup game which is not supposed to carry the same weight but clearly it does it's so important to the fans and that's why it's so special so Daryl DK is certainly at the top of the list or could it be Ricardo Pepe there have been reports that Premier League teams are keeping an eye on him and he seems like a really good fit for the Premier League I, I'll tell you this if he after doing so well in the Dutch League he played for Groningen over the weekend did not score If he goes and then he gets a big move, and now Augsburg are like, whoa, we may want to kick the tires on that again. If he goes to the Premier League and scores goal, Augsburg's got some serious egg on their face because they jettisoned Pepe very quickly. And uh, that Pepe's got to take some of the responsibility why he wasn't able to get going there. But Augsburg does too. Clearly, I mean, the Dutch league is not the German Bundesliga. But uh, you don't just go from zero to 60, right? Ricardo Pepe... It's going to be very compelling story this week that when Greg Berhalter told him he wasn't making the, the World Cup squad, he hung up on him. And people were celebrating that. Going, ah. They go, listen, it's a tough job. Would a recover pimp made a difference in Qatar? I don't know. You don't know. But the coaching staff thought so. And I would say this about Greg Berhalter. He's been vindicated on a few of these things. John Brooks, who everyone said should have been in there. John Brooks has played four minutes for Benfica. Him going to that club was a mistake. There's no two ways about it. He should come to MLS. He is not the same defender we saw previously. So I I get the feeling that Greg Berhalter identified that. Didn't want to bring him. Um, He's he's a bit of a problem, at least for Greg Berhalter. Not in the big picture, but for Greg Berhalter, he was viewed as a problem. So John Brooks has gone to... I mean, he doesn't get off the bench in cup games. He's not going to play for Benfica. He's got to get out of there. That was a mistake. I don't know. That's bad agents. Agents should know to not put him there. Not, I mean, he hasn't gotten a, a, a sniff. Uh, With some of the people he didn't select. I mean, I, I you know, Matt Miazga's got an axe to grind. Matt Miaska wasn't good enough. I like, we were great defensively. We can't argue about how we defended. So, Grave got that right. So, Daryl DK and Ricardo Pepe at the top of the list. Taylor Booth. Uh, I want to give credit to, uh, you know, a lot of guys go out of their very special time. Um, and they put videos together of players. I can't watch them all. I watched a little bit of the Utrecht game, but I couldn't watch it all. So, Cranks at this bottom score, Possessed. Put a video of all the touches that Taylor Booth had. And uh, it's very helpful. So I appreciate these accounts doing that. And it was uh, it was good to see. He wears a number 10 for Utrecht. They're playing Feyenoord. Very influential. He got a knock to the head. He got busted on his eyebrow. They brought in the staple gun. And they that was great. That's great optics to see a player just sit there and get the staple gun and then go back out and play. I love that. You know, Taylor Booth is that kind of... He fits in that Christian Pulisic, Gio Reyna mold as a bit of a withdrawn guy. So he has those guys to deal with. But uh, who knows? This kid's done it the hard way and he's going to be better off for it. Kind of uh, obscure. And he is coming through um, and coming into his own. So Taylor Booth... Uh, this is the Dutch Air Divisie. This is why you have to get ESPN Plus if you're a U.S. fan. Um, you've got to be able to... Uh, follow these guys In the dutch it has Pepe, it has a uh, booth as well it has georgie mihalovic who also made my list who started and played really well he missed a great chance but he looks very comfortable early on for azed alekmar which is a great club to be affiliated with in holland booth by the way from Utah, 21 years of age started with the real salt lake youth went to bayern munich in 2019 and now uh with utrecht We'll see. He's been a youth international for the U.S. I would love to see him. Hopefully he gets in that January. I don't know if he's eligible because I don't know if the European clubs are going to release. It. We'll find out. I, unfortunately, I don't know enough about that. I'm going to start doing research, but I would love to see it. So we got some good attacking options, right? we got some good attacking options. Kevin Paredes, who has you know, languished a bit at Wolfsburg. We know the poor track record of Wolfsburg with American players. It's been a, a black hole. It's eaten them up. And spat them out. Well, Kevin Paredes is looking pretty good in these preseason games. And then he was a spot player as a left back, but he can get up as a winger too. Maybe how many people project him. He's excited. He scored a goal in preseason. Uh, just nine appearances for Wolfsburg last season, mostly off the bench. And uh, now he's going to uh, um, seven, sorry, seven last year. Or seven this year, I should say. Seven this year, two last year. Uh, it's going to pick up. I think uh, he's going to get a lot more playing time. And that's somebody who is is going to, uh, you know, uh, that left back. We need depth. And we'll see about the wide players too. Finally, I want to say Ethan Horvath. What he's done at Luton Town has been fantastic. We forget about him. He was on the squad. And I think the, you know, Gaga Slonina, I would put on this too. He's training with the first team with Chelsea. I don't know if he's going to play a lot. But um, that's someone that can certainly make a breakthrough with regards to staying in the good graces. But Luton Town is churning out victories and not allowing a lot of goals in the process. So credit to Ethan Horvath. Gaga Slonina there as well. The final guy. Sorry, I had one more guy I wanted to talk about. And that's Brian Reynolds. For uh, He's playing in Belgium. And he's starting to play more. He's made a huge bounce back playing... Um, another fullback who could do very good. He was uh, he couldn't get into the Roma setup. And now uh, with Kortrik uh, in Belgium, he uh, is starting to put together some good performances. We have a lot of good players in Belgium too, Sam Vines and Mark McKenzie. So he's on loan there uh, after a disastrous start, getting his legs. He's an incredible athlete, and he's six foot three or something. So, good times there. So, use that as a guide. I'll talk more about it on my YouTube program under my name, Max Bretos. Check out our Soccer OG videos there. Check out the library of Soccer OGs right here on uh, where all podcasts are available. We appreciate the support. A very uh, appreciative thank you to Doug McIntyre of Fox Sports for joining us. We'll be back with some great guests in the upcoming weeks. Until we meet again, Placido Domingo.